Are you a late starter when it comes to retirement planning? Well, I've got a treat for you as I got the perfect person in today's show that will help you filter through all this. Are you tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down-to-earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. Hola, hola, you came back, or maybe this is your first time listening. Whichever the case, te lo agradezco. I appreciate it. This is Jen Hempel, your host, and today we're going to cover an area that I have been asked about frequently, and that is how do you prepare for retirement when you got a late start? I brought in the perfect person to address this. In this episode, you are going to learn the impact his mom's experience had on his view of retirement and how he helps his clients. And you're going to learn a critical question to ask yourself if you are starting late with your retirement planning, as well as the three steps you can take to make your retirement planning easier on yourself. Let me share with you a little bit about Roger. Roger Whitney is affectionately known as the retirement answer man and goes to work every day because he wants to solve the biggest problem in wealth management and retirement planning. His mission is to make wealth management and retirement planning more transparent, and he really does a great job with that. He wants to make sure that you know what options are available to you at whatever stage of planning you're in, not just in the top 5%. Lista? Vamos a conocer a Roger. Bienvenido, mi amigo Roger Whitney, to the Her Money Matters podcast. It is about time that you are here. I'm excited to be here, finally. And this is his Money Matters, is that right? <laughs> I, no, it's Her Money Matters. But you, we, you know, you and I have had this conversation, His Money Matters, too. And for those of you listening, the reason why uh, he says His Money Matters is this is inside joke and I think he had a long day and he happened to uh, forget my podcast name after knowing me for a while. So I give him a hard time quite frequently about that. <laughs> it, it, you never let it go. And you know, I'm 51 years old. I have things that just fly out of my head. So I, You're young. You're young. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am excited to have you here. And what I wanted to focus in this episode and this talk with you is really to focus on the ladies, because I know I have women that are 50 plus in my community, and one of the main concerns is that they're not prepared for retirement. So I wanted to focus on that. But before we do, I want to get to know you and for us to get to know you, uh, your money story, how you grew up with money, what you saw, what you experienced. So let's start off with that. Well, wow, that's going way back. Uh, I grew up, well, I think like a lot of families never talking about money. No one ever talked about budgets or saving. I didn't know much about my parents' finances. Grew up, even in college, I mean, I never had any conversations about money and just basic personal finance. So it was a very foreign world to me. 
And did you witness anything? There was no conversations, but amongst your family, any whether disagreements or anything that made an impact on your life in terms of whether bad or or good on how you viewed money from that, from witnessing that or seeing or observing. I think it was more the impact that I saw in terms of retirement, which I really grasped on and processed later because of what I would call is, so I had a mother and a stepfather and it was a single mother for a while. And I recall having conversations with my mom in high school and college. And you know, we had these open, these open discussions about life and she sacrificed a lot of her life working mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, I was basically a latchkey kid. Even when she remarried and became, she became an attorney when she was 40 uh, and just worked a ton. And we used to have these debates about living for today versus sacrificing for a better tomorrow. And she was much more on, I'm sacrificing my life right now. And obviously, you know, as an adult now, I realize she had three kids. She was a single mom, a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. She was sacrificing her life. And with the idea or the promise that she would enjoy herself when she quote unquote retired. And obviously being a young, dumb kid, I was like, no, YOLO, live for today, come on. <laughs> and so the, I remember those conversations, which impact money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was graduating college, I think it was 22 at the time, I had just moved to Texas and she had had cancer for the second time. And I went back up mm. for two months and she passed away at age 48. I'm sorry to hear that. And that impacted me much more as I matured and as I started to focus on only retirement planning, because how traditional retirement planning works is basically sacrifice your life and save and invest because the amount you're going to need in retirement is so huge. Mm -hmm. And there's a direct cost to that, right? And for Mm -hmm. my mom, direct cost was hey, you're going to do this and you may never actually get the payoff. And as a result, you miss a lot of the life that you had, you know, from working full time, driving the train into Detroit from Ann Arbor to go to law school, doing law school while I was in middle school. You miss a lot of your life only planning for the future. And that future isn't promised to you. So from that perspective, I think that's a story that has really helped form how I advise people and what I do on my show. I love that. And it's interesting that as I'm listening to you share that, the thoughts that come to my mind, so your your mom sacrificed a lot of her life to, to work to take care of her kids, which you know made sense to her at that time because that was like the, the reality of being a single mom, having those big responsibilities. And I, I'm curious what you'll, what you'll think about that. So as women, we have brought up, not brought up, but just the history of where we would, we took care of our family in terms of the household part. And the man went out and made the money. And now things have shifted, as we know, and the women's out there, not just taking care of the family, but making money and having what feels like and more responsibilities than ever before, and just really juggling that. So now it feels like women have to it's all individual, right? Where they have to make those decisions of that balance. Like you're talking about, she sacrificed working, working and missed out on some things. And now I think it's even harder. Oh, it it totally is. I mean, she was that, you know, one of the first generation. I mean, she got divorced in 1970, right? 
Mm-hmm. So you can think back to then and how women were treated in the workplace and all the responsibilities. That's a much different time than even today. There are a lot more options, a lot more opportunities. Back then, it was really you had to bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. <laughs> if you remember that commercial, yeah, uh, yeah. you don't. I don't young. remember, but I, yeah. I know what you. I know what you mean. <laughs> song, but it's an old, yeah, but it, you know, so she had the added pressure of, you know, the times that she lived in of, I got these three kids. I'm not married. My dad moved, stayed where he was. He was not involved in my life at all. And she had to bring home the bacon and try to have a reasonable family. And the only way you can do it is, I mean, I can remember being, you know, eight, nine years old, riding the public bus for an hour and a half to get home from school and having mm-hmm. to do transfers. You know, a lot of parents wouldn't do that on the public bus nowadays, not school bus. There's a lot of pressure there. And right. even in modern times, if you find yourself, you know, divorced and with children, you know, you may have more professional experience. So at least that wasn't something that wasn't there that you had to create like my mom did. Mm-hmm. That's the pressure. Right, right. So, and that influences how you make life decisions when it comes to saving for retirement. So, I think of my mom when she married my stepfather in 1980. He had a business and she started working in the business. And that's one reason why she became an attorney. But I, don't, I doubt, I think it's sort of like a depression era mindset. I doubt that she ever gave up. If this goes south, I'm going to have to be independent again. So even though from a financial perspective with a joint household, it was a lot easier, she never slowed down because of that fear or that responsibility she felt to make sure that she could always do it on her own. Right, right. And then nowadays, as you mentioned, in modern times, then the women, I know I took a pause from career when I had kids. So there's that factor. And if there's a divorce somewhere, down the line and you, you know, you were relying on the spouse in terms of their retirement. You know, there's so many little quirks and things that make it harder, right? A lot of things to consider. So it's just, just really, really interesting and, and also complicated at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the question always is, how do you come back to being a good steward of your life? You know, whether you find yourself in a, you know, my wife, you know, at various times, she made much more money than I did. And, and she left work when our kids were really early. And that felt very vulnerable to her even then because she grew up always being a professional. Mm. Then, you know, as our kids have gotten older, they're twenty twenty two now, she went back into the workforce full force and then just recently, quote unquote, we'll call it retired. She left her career and now she's adjusting. But mentally, I could easily see it was very evident that struggle of self-worth, feeling independent, because she grew up with a mom that said, you need to be able to take care of yourself, right? Yep, I hear you. That was the same with me. (laughs) You need to take care of yourself, especially with my mom uh, being brought up in the hippie, you know, the hippie ages. Uh, So, you know, the feminist uh, movement and all that stuff. So, yeah, I was brought up the same way. Yeah, there's a lot of great to that. And there's some negative to that, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, all of us, whether you're a man or a woman, there's this natural tension that a lot of us don't acknowledge overtly, and that is we're worried about the future. Mm-hmm. Right? We're worried about you know this idea of retirement and the future because we want to be good stewards. But then what is diametrically opposed to that in a lot of ways is we want to have a great life today. 
And those, there's a natural tension between those two things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us in traditional retirement planning focuses, in my opinion, way too much on the future and not enough about making sure that you're making the most of the only life you have, which is today. Right. And that's what I love about how you work and how you approach uh, your work. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. So I love that you say that. So let's talk about uh, when you have not, uh, you started late planning for retirement. So let's, let's go into, and for those of you listening, later on, I will share with you how to um, get in touch with Roger. He has an awesome podcast called The Retirement Answer Man. And then he has a book as well. I'll share with that with you. So you can also get more information because I know this is resonating with many of you. So you can get really get to know Roger more, especially on his podcast <laughs> uh, as well. But let's dive into, I'm, I have two simple scenarios on women that or it just it could be a man too, but someone starting late and preparing for retirement. So let's talk about the person that let's say finally got everything together in terms of maybe they're out of debt uh, and they're up, we're at a point where they have enough cash flow where they can really focus on retirement. Maybe they were putting a little bit away before, but what they have in retirement is is a small amount. Right. And I'm just going to put in general terms. <laughs> uh, so, they're in their 40s or 50s. Yeah. Yeah. 40s or 50s. Yes. So what is the best piece of advice or what steps should they take? What should they focus on? Should they, uh, in my mind, in my brain is coming, well, they have to just focus like putting a lot in that pot for retirement. What would you advise? So if you're really late to the game, mm-hmm. saving is important. But I would be very careful in buying into the traditional mindset that it's all about saving as much as you can and sacrificing because, you know, most people approach retirement as a saving and investing program or perspective. And the reality is, especially if you're late, the odds of you being able to save enough to, quote unquote, have your number or be okay Mm -hmm. are pretty low. Okay. Because... What's happened, you know, even a 60-year-old today has a 50-50 chance of living past 90. And so you're going to live so much longer than any other generation. You're going to be so much more active and you'll probably be spending more money if you just use a simple math approach Mm -hmm. and try to figure out how much you should save to quote-unquote be okay. You'll probably never hit it. And that's not going to feel That's not going to feel good. It's gonna, yeah. Then that's I think why a lot of people, when they do the calculators, are like, "Well, there's no chance. I might as well forget about it." So, what do you do? Well, I do think you need to save and invest. But especially if you're in your, uh, I think the more elegant answer is, and is how do you create a life that you may not want to retire from for a long period of time? Mm, Okay. And it's not simple, but a lot of us get into careers especially when we're younger, because we fall into them. I mean, we're in our 20s. What do we know? No one falls into their passion most of the time. They get a job at a corporation. They're just happy to have a job. And then they move up to something that they're competent in. And sometimes that can be very successful financially, but not be very fulfilling. And you're just ready to get out of it. So a better approach in my mind is to, yes, you got to save and invest. And you look at, okay, what am I doing? How can I generate income that's sustainable. And that could be through, even if you're in a corporate job, looking at things that you can do that will give you more time freedom than a traditional job 
because time freedom is really what people want. It's not retirement. Mm-hmm. They just have freedom to do other things as well. And a lot of work doesn't provide that. So right. you find things that will give you some time freedom that you can start testing and developing while you still have your day job. So one of the best investments someone can make in their 40s and 50s, if they find themselves way behind, is, okay, I know I'm not going to hit that big financial number, so what can I, what investments can I make to create a great life and not just simply you know, try to hit some fictitious retirement amount? Well, one thing you can do is invest in your skills, and that could be you know, in your current job to create better opportunities. It could be invest in skills that you're passionate about to fi- try to figure out how you can make income from it as a entrepreneur or a solopreneur, how to consult, because investing in your skills will help you position yourself to increase your income. Mm-hmm. And I'll think about cash flow, like, you know, the household budget and everything else. We always focus on what we spend, right? Almost all the focus is on, you know, buying different products or foregoing, going out and everything else. And those things are important, but there's only so much frugaling you can do, right? You know, cutting your cable isn't going to move. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you the dial in any meaningful way long term. The other end of cash flow is your income. And there's no limit to that. And there's almost no limit to the possibilities that are created because of this digital world to explore how you might increase your income. That's probably a better investment if you're intentional about it or as good of investment as putting money in your 401k. I think you do both. Mm Mm-hmm. But most of us don't build action items on on focusing on that. So I think it's going to end up being about how do you create a life that you don't want to retire from? Because if you just simply try to buckle down, you're going to sacrifice maybe a lot of your life and you're still not going to hit the number most likely. Right. And I like that you say that. And another thing, and I think it's a shift in mindset because we are taught, I mean, we're just set up from the beginning. You're, you know going to school or go to college, you go to work, you retire, you receive a pension, you know, retire at a certain age, you receive a pension, right? So that's how, that's what's been ingrained all this year. So we think, okay, we retire, we, and that way we can choose what we want to do. So we have to shift that mindset. Times have changed. Uh, maybe the life didn't, your life, uh, the choices that you made or whatever happened in your life didn't lead to what you envisioned in your life, right? And I think it's also, I think doing what you're saying, uh, it also creates a good quality of life, especially if, as you mentioned, if you do this intentionally, if you choose something not out of necessity, well, maybe it's out of necessity, but out of uh, choosing intentionally in terms of choosing something that you enjoy doing. And uh, I think it definitely creates a good quality of life, especially in quote unquote, the retirement age. I think it's I'm not a doctor, but I think it would be good for <laughs> keeping health healthy mentally, physically, everything. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, it, it, the reality is so. You know, to back up, I'm a a practicing financial advisor for 27 years, and I only work with clients over 50 walking this journey and preparing or transitioning or living in retirement. So I've walked this journey hundreds of times, mm-hmm. and my observations, and this is a lot of what ultimately went into the book, is. Most of these people, one, they don't want to retire. They just want some freedom of their control over their time. 
And two, the ones that do retire, a lot of times they retire because they're running away from the pain of the pace of work that they have. Mm-hmm. They're not running to something that they're excited about, which is a very different mindset. And so what ends up happening is they get into retirement. After the little honeymoon, they end up working anyway. Right. So if, and because of all the reasons you talked about, the social engagement, the sense of purpose, the income. So if that's the case, and it we're, you know, if our goal is to create a happy life and do good in the world, well, then maybe it's not this Mount Everest climb to quote unquote reach retirement. Maybe it's more of a journey that's a lot less stressful and a lot more enjoyable. Right. And it's about defining what that retirement living or that time in your life that you're living, what that looks like versus living to the standard of what's been set out for us. Right. So it's really making that choice and choosing intentionally and just really creating it for yourself. And the ways that you mentioned, especially just changing that mindset that, hey, you can work after quote unquote retirement and and just choosing uh, something that you enjoy doing and generating income from it. Yeah, and we are sort of in this in-between stage. Traditional retirement planning mm-hmm. for our parents or grandparents. It worked. Mm-hmm. The entire financial industry, in my opinion, and I'm being broad here, is basically fighting the last generation's war. They haven't adjusted how advice is given to the current realities of baby boomers. Because mm. This is a grand new experiment. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody's solved for this before. And the traditional solution is only saving and investing. It's only it's really people outside of the financial advice industry, people like you and others doing podcasts and blogs that are thinking more creatively about the realities that you know that we're all dealing with. Right, right. I love that. So we talked about, uh, and I have a feeling the next answer is going to be very similar. So we talked about the person that's ready to focus on retirement. They, they're they late to the game. They had maybe some extra cash flow. They don't have debt, those type of things. And in terms of a, the person who really hasn't prepared for retirement, similar scenario, but their cash flow is low. Maybe they're still in debt. Maybe they're dealing with several things like that. So would the advice be the same or would you add something on top of what you mentioned? Well, so I use what's called an agile approach, Okay, which is a project management system. So the book lays this out, but so there's a, there are central conversations that everyone needs to have. Most of us, when we're trying to make a decision, it's because we're in pain or we're excited about something. We're either excited about an opportunity and we're focused on the opportunity or we're really hurting about something, let's say a big debt. And then we make decisions on that one specific issue. That's a really bad way to make decisions on both ends. The promise is always process. So the, the process should be, regardless of your situation, okay, where do I want to be five years from now? And the more clarity you can get on where, what you're trying to reach in five years, and this can matter, doesn't matter whether you have debt or not, and then what are the specific things I can do in the next 12 months to take a baby step that direction? And where you find those baby steps are, first off, let's look at our cash flow. Let's look at our spending. Are there any risks or opportunities there to move the dial to get to where we say we want to be? And then we talked about the one. Are there any risks and opportunities that we can take advantage of to increase our income? And that will help you identify some baby steps. The third place is your net worth statement. So these are all the assets and debts that you have. And in the book, I talk about how do you, where should I start first? And a lot of this is, you know, Dave Ramsey is is great at talking about debt reduction. 
But the key is when we're dealing with whether it's paying off debt or do we take advantage of this opportunity, we always want to deal with the tactical stuff, the thing that's right in front of us, because that's, you know, that's we want to solve that one problem. So we a lot of times we make decisions on paying off debt or taking advantage of an opportunity only on that what we're focused in on, where it's really a simple decision. If you know where you want to go and you define the overall strategy to get there, once you get to the actual tactical decision, do I pay this off or do I take advantage of that? The tactical stuff is actually really easy if you start with where you want to go first. So it always has to start with have a good process, get where the strategy is, and then it works down to the tactics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Usually you're going to come up with a lot better decision. Right. I don't Just know if breaking this, and, it down. Yeah. And, and it doesn't really matter what your situation is financially. If you can define, you know, I'm in a ton of debt. Okay. Where do you want to be five years from now? Well, I want to be debt free. Okay. What can you do in the next six months to move the dial either on your spending or your saving? Identify a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. Just have to be a big thing to move the dial. And then looking at your net worth. What can I do? to improve the situation from taking cash to pay off debt and evaluating it, you go through the same process over and over again. Right. It's just, you know, working backwards, which I love. Absolutely love. And it's not a natural thing because a lot of times like, you know, I got all this debt. I'm going to liquidate my 401k and pay off of it because it gives us an emotional, we know we're going to pay a ton of taxes, but it gives us an emotional fix. Mm -hmm. We had gone through the process. You would have had a much more productive path for you. So it's, you know, it's important to have that process. Right. Especially if in that case, uh, you were about to (laughs) liquidate somebody to pay off the debt. But if you took the time to look at your cash flow and maybe are finding some extra money that could go towards that debt and really look at what, you know, because that $50, $100, depending on how much debt can go a long way in terms of uh, paying your debt off faster, right? When you're under stress, the knee jerk is remove the pain. Right. And that's, you know, yes, if your hand is in the fire, take it out immediately. But when you're dealing with these types of things, the immediate response of what you want to do may not be the right one. I agree. I agree. And that's why you need to, when we're in that position, we need to reach out to someone, a, pr- a professional that, for example, Roger would, would be a, a great person in terms of, you know, with uh, retirement and all that. But it's important to get help. And I know as women, we like to do it all. We're multitaskers and, you know, we're super women, but sometimes it's okay to get that help. And, and even if we feel like there's a lot of shame and guilt about decisions that we made, we have to leave that, put that aside and just get someone else's perspective because that perspective makes such a huge difference. One distinction with women that I have found Mm -hmm. is they are much better decision makers a lot of times than men. They, you know, women, and I'm generalizing, have, they're much more in tune with their entire selves than men are. And they're more contemplative than a lot of men are. Mm Mm-hmm which is a good thing. I think women are very good decision makers for the most part and usually with money as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of fostering those innate abilities that, you know, are, you know, in just a general generality, but realize you're in a position that you probably have a little bit more skills than you realize just to by who you are, even if you don't, you know, the technical stuff is simple. You know, the technical stuff is Googleable. That's a word. Like you can Google knowledge. It's, it's a the, word now. 
It's a Google bowl. Is that a, yeah. <laughs> it's a word now. <laughs> Plenty tactic, but it's more the spirit and the process. And, and women in general, I have found, are much more in tune to that than men. I agree. I agree. Oh, my goodness, Roger. I have really enjoyed this talk with you. And finally, finally, we've got you on this podcast. Where, where am I? <laughs> Do you have a pick on you right now for everyone here? <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, Roger. I'm trying. Uh, no, just kidding. So this has been fantastic. I definitely have learned a lot. I knew your thought process and how you work uh, definitely aligns with what I do, which is why I wanted to have you on your book. Uh, fantastic. Uh, your podcast, for those of you listening, um, you can go ahead and share where you they can find your book, especially because that is definitely a good read. Yeah, rogerwhitney.com forward slash book is where the book is. And rogerwhitney.com is where my ecosystem is, where the, you know, the podcast can be found and YouTube videos and everything else. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Roger, I really appreciate your time uh, sharing all those tidbits with us because I know it's been very helpful. Uh, just me learning and, and hearing these things, even though some of this is things I know, but it's just good hearing it from another person with a slightly different perspective and because uh, it does make a difference. So I know I've been having some emails recently asking uh, I'm not prepared for retirement. I'm this age and I have this debt or I, I don't have much saved. And so I'm like, well, don't worry. I've got you covered. <laughs> I'm talking to someone that's, you know, that's going to address that. So I'm excited that you finally came on and uh, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure. Thank you. What did you think? Isn't Roger just fantastic? I absolutely love everything that he's about. I'm going to give you a little bit of my takeaway, but before I do, two things. One, if you absolutely loved his message, make sure to check out his book. I have a copy. It is a fantastic book, fantastic resource just to have to read. Even if you're not anywhere close to retirement, it's great to get ahead in terms of understanding what you need. And if you are close, definitely pick up a copy. I'm going to link up exactly where you can go to uh, get his uh, book. Second thing before we get into the takeaway is my usual, La Mención Semanal, or the weekly shout out. And this week, it goes to Amy for fully funding her emergency fund and already thinking ahead to her next goal. So way to go, Amy. That is absolutely fantastic. And I can't be more happy for you. Now let's get back to today's chat. My takeaway was how he's not so focused on the exact numbers, those calculators gifts. Granted, he's a financial planner. There is a focus on numbers and calculators. But in terms of retirement, that was, that's not the only thing that he's focused on, on the exact numbers that you need to have saved up. But what I loved about his message is he is shifting or really his message is about shifting how we view retirement because let's face it, times are changing and we need to know this so we can do what, uh, what we need to, to prepare, right? And the idea of continuing to generate income past the traditional retirement age is definitely something to not ignore, especially if you're starting late to prepare for that traditional retirement, right? So I love that message because one, 
So what we think of retirement, of what traditional retirement has been, that is changing and we have to adapt and adjust to the times, right? So we don't need to just focus on the exact numbers of what we need to have saved up. That's a part of it, right? But we also need to view retirement differently, even if it's after retirement, even if it's working part-time, we may have to do that, right? Depending on what it is. It could be just something fun, something different that you've never done in your life, but you always wanted to do and you were just at the traditional nine to five job, right? So it's not about thinking of it, thinking of, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to work past retirement age as a failure, but rather thinking of it as a different stage, different chapter in your life to do something different, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, right? So I hope you got a lot of value on that. And I'm going to stop that rant there because I could go on and on. So if you're feeling that you aren't prepared for retirement and that it's a scary feeling and taking that advice from Roger is will help. And a good compliment to support you along your journey as you walk your way through figuring out what you need is also my daily money ritual. I do have a free copy waiting for you over at jenhemphill.com forward slash ritual. Next week, to honor a veteran for Veterans Day, which is observed the Monday following our podcast episode. So it's uh, observe Monday, November 12th. We are bringing on Lacey Langford, who will talk to us about how to prepare financially when separating from the military. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Roger for joining us, for sharing all the goods, all the wonderful advice. And you can check out uh, more on Roger over at our show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 158. Also, don't forget if you love this episode or this podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me that you share it with a friend, stranger, coworker, someone, doesn't matter who, because we just never know what is going on in the lives of others just because we don't talk about our financial troubles. And you never know when this episode or this podcast would make an impact for them. So I would appreciate it. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you next Thursday. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.